It's time for another retro throwback sidetrack bonus episode of The Hive Jive. This episode, titled Top Bar Woes, originally aired on Patreon back on April 15th of 2021. Enjoy. Hey, all you Hive Jive junkies out there, it's that time again. Join our hosts, John Swan and Ken Milam, for another bonus edition of The Hive Jive. Okay. Okay. Well, I think we can. Because <laughs> I do want to talk about that damn top bar. I mean, it is, it's got a bunch of bees in it. And I think we, and that's the one that, John, that Max sent you the picture of, and you think it's swarming. We found one queen. We did find two other swarm cells that they were, they were open. They had liquid they in them. They had, one of them had liquid in them. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't have an egg, so, just had liquid. You're, you're always going to have the queen cups. That's what those are mm-hmm. or, yeah, or nuttons because yeah. there's nothing in yeah. them and yeah. they're, they're always going to be there. They'll be like for a Langstroth beekeeper. If they didn't draw your wax out nice and straight and smooth and there's curves and divots and edges, they will build those mm-hmm. little queen cups on those curves and divots and edges, which is why mm-hmm. the black and white generalized rule of if the cell is in the center of your frame, it's an emergency cell is not always true mm-hmm. because you have to look at the comb. They build it on the edges of the comb. So when somebody mm-hmm. generalizes and says the edge of a frame, you're looking at the frame, not the comb. And that's where the, right. the misstep is at on that. So mm-hmm. they're always going to have some in there. And on a top bar, they are going to be on the edges of the comb because they truly do have edges to them. Yep. But when the swarm season starts kicking in and that urge starts increasing, they will make more of those. But that mm-hmm. doesn't always mean, you know, that's just like their inclination. Their drive is to go through and start making those. So you're going to get a lot of those little bell cups or like the tops of the little acorn looking shells mm-hmm. on the sides mm-hmm. of your wax. Now, the fact that one of them had liquid in it, that is interesting because usually They'll frost the top of it, but they don't usually put liquid in it until there's an egg in there. There's not an egg in it. Yeah, and that's the tricky part because when they lay the egg, then they go through and they start putting liquid. So usually if there's liquid, there's a hairline little baby just hatched, tiniest little sea of a larva mm-hmm. inside there or a larvae. Yeah. So we'll open it up. But yeah, so you wanted to go through because they did. They had a massive beard on the front. It was a day, you know, here we are the middle of April. We've already had 97 and 98 degree days Mm -hmm. and the bees were just boiled out on the front of this top bar. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it is very well packed and they are more than likely going to go through and want to swarm. So, you know, what do you do? You can go through and you can interchange some empty bars up there to encourage them to draw out that new wax and, kind of relieve some of the congestion and you can do, like you said, you can go through and you can do a split. One thing, do I need to, you know, we've got it on, I don't know what me and you have discussed this and Max and I have too. Why was it on, uh, you know, um, to keep the queen in and the, the, the big round, the things that I've got from you, the gates, it was on to keep the queen in. And, uh, so, uh, apparently I had put a, a queen that I had bought in there last year. Do you remember the colony that we took out of the barrel and put in one of the traps uh, in one of the t- uh, 
rooftop bars over there. Yeah. That's the one that's, that's in the, the colony. Hat. That's the colony yeah. that we're talking about. And, uh, I think they were pretty testy and I, I did requeen them. That is one laying queen. That's all I can say. We got bars and bars of, of full brood and it's crazy. And there's some mini bees in there, but Max is, and then that's what you said. Well, just like you said, we had this big, huge beard of bees outside, but we think that was just cooling off because it was like 98, 99 degrees here. They were trying to cool off. So I don't know. Uh, but well, we you're did find one cot once, once queen cell with liquid. In. Yeah. And you're, Nothing you're else, just liquid. Your entrance disc being on queen exclude doesn't necessarily mean yeah, anything. Queen exclude. Yeah, yep. but it doesn't mean anything because I keep those entrance discs either on because the way that it goes, it goes vent, queen, drone, or open, fully open. And mm -hmm. whenever I narrow something down for the winter, I put it on half vent, half queen exclude because I've got a big mm -hmm. hole behind there. And so I'm using the vent half to cover up half of that hole and reduce that entrance down. And then the queen exclude to further reduce it down so that only the workers can get in and out and they can very easily guard that space. So mm -hmm. if it was just carrying over from winter, it would already be on partial queen exclude. Now, mm -hmm. throughout the season, I will turn that disc to different settings. Sometimes I split the whole 50-50, queen exclude mm -hmm. on one side, drone exclude on the other side. Mm-hmm. So like it just depends. Other times I will have it half drone half fully open or half vent, half fully open. You know, if I know that they've raised a queen or they're going to be raising a queen and I want to make sure she can get back in, it'll be half vent, half fully open. But for me, walking up to a colony and seeing the entrance disc on just queen exclude doesn't mean anything to me because it means I left it there. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't necessarily mean there was any method to that madness prior to that. It could have been carrying yep. over from the last time I needed to use the disc. And, and that's that. Now, because of that, though, in the top bars, the drones can't fit through that. And yep. if the colony gets a lot of drones and then decides they don't want those drones or the drones start getting overly congested because they can't get out, you're going to notice two things. When you go out there to do your inspection and you open up a bar, there's going to be this roar and a ton of drones are just going to come flooding out of that hive because they're like, freedom, and they just shoot out the top. <laughs> and or you're going to find a bunch of random berry-looking things in the very back yeah, of the colony. Yeah. Those are drone heads, and what you're seeing yeah. is literally just their head and their eyes. The bees will actually cannibalize the, the abdomen and the thorax and reutilize that protein or pull it out of the, of the hive in smaller chunks, but they can't chew up the head. <laughs> so they drag mm -hmm. the head mm -hmm. to the back of the colony and you have all these little drone berries back there. Yep. Um, but yeah, so you want to split this colony. Thinking about it, I think we're probably going to split it. Yeah. Okay. Do you I've already got have it. another I've, hive? Well, I've got three or four. I'm trying to think, should I put it? I've got some, uh, all made out of two inch material. Yep. That will have like 15 or 18 bars and I've got one that is a 30 bar and uh it's just not as wide as I wished it was and I got the material to make one that'll that'll take the 19 inch wide I think that one is like 16 inches oh, across she, the top yeah that's pretty small 
Yeah. So I think I'm going to have to that's, build another one. That's basically a 17 inch top bar hive if, if the yeah, inner dimensions are 16. Yeah. So yeah. how deep is it though? Oh, it's plenty deep. There's no well, that's the problem. That. <laughs> that's why we don't like the 17 inch. Um, okay. Because deep and narrow means long, heavy combs that have a very small attachment area at oh, the top. Right. Yep. They're going to yep. break off and the bees are going to use burr comb and attach them with braces all through the colony. Mm -hmm. So it's a pain in the ass to manage it. So yep. if, if you have one that is wider, cause usually your, your 17 inches narrower and deeper, your 19 inches wider and shallower, the bottom mm -hmm. should come up on the, the, mm -hmm. uh, the 19 inch ones. So and then again, your internal dimensions on a 19 inch bar is really between 17 and 18 yep. because the extra inch is a half inch overhang on either side of the bar. Usually maybe just mm -hmm. a quarter of an inch, but there's a bit of an overhang there. Um, mm -hmm. And so your bar is the 19, the internal dimensions of the hive will be a little bit different, but anyhow, regardless what it is, if you do have top bars in two inch lumber, I would use that. And even if you've got one that's only two foot or three foot long, that's still plenty big mm. enough to put a split into and allow them to grow for the year and the season. Okay. But they're going to be narrow too. So, but. Well, yeah, everything you made was 16. <laughs> well, yeah, I built them all out of uh, what I'd used was a two by eight as my bottom board, just like we use on the one inch. And so I made a long one and two smalls to make uh, nucleuses or, or boxes to take right when we rob the uh, take the bees out of uh, water meter boxes. Yeah. So, uh, well, so your your trick there isn't necessarily the width of that bottom board; it's the angle cut into the bottom board. Because you can still use the eight inch bottom board. My most of my bottom boards when they're cut the internal, I think it's the internal dimension of it is seven inches. But what it is, is you've changed the angle so that the side pieces flay out further to give you that true 19 across the top. And that's what gives you that shallower depth. Cause you're not actually to get your, your 19 dimension. You're not making the bottom wider you're making the sides lean out further, which brings the bottom up shallower. So I got to change up. I got to change up my angles yes. on the uh, sideboards. Okay. I yeah. See that. And that is something that, especially if you've always done the, the standard three quarter inch wood, and mm -hmm. those are your dimensions you're used to. And then you jump everything up to a two inch. Mm -hmm. It does two inches do take up space and they yes, will they screw do. up all of your numbers. <laughs> So you yes, will have to make some, some little adjustments. So what I do I've is got, I have a, go ahead. I've got a one inch out there too, that, you know, the white one out there by the, the bathroom outside. So I've oh, got yeah, yeah, that yeah. one there. I can put, I can use that one too and move them into that. So I'm good. I can do it. Yeah, you could do that. And then if you wanted mm -hmm. to, you could just insulate it for the winter, put the, the foam yep. core panels on it for insulation yep. for the winter. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. so you've, you've got options. Um, got but on the building aspect of it, I, I built a jig. And the jig works perfectly for the smaller <laughs> sized lumber. Yep. When I put yep. the bigger lumber in there, I would have needed to redesign the jig, but the jig allows me to lay it all together 
and then measure it mm -hmm. before I've ever glued or screwed it together. So then I can put it together yeah. and measure it and be like, ah, oh, crap. In like in your instance, well, shoot, it's only 16 inches from here to here. So then I can take mm -hmm. that bottom board and I can change the angle just slightly another five degrees or so on either side, run it back mm -hmm. through, shave it down to where it's a, it's a shallower or steeper, depending on how you want to look at it angle, lay it back down, mm -hmm. lay the boards back on it, measure it again. Okay. Now I'm up to, to 18. Perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, and then go from there. So the other thing that screwed with me is when I do the two inch versus the three quarter, when I'm doing the three quarter inch, my standard design, I use what's left over, which is basically a 19 inch by 12 inch mm -hmm. section as my end caps on Les and Natalie's free plans that we put out there for everybody. They actually mm -hmm. cut their end cap to be the shape of the hive. And then it's inset so that the, the edges actually lay up and screw into it. Mine is an end cap that actually overhangs the ends and, and, screws in to the side of it instead yeah. of to the front of it kind yeah. of thing. And so all mine are too. Yeah. And so it's easy. It's just easier. I don't want to cut the angle yep. cuts into the square yep. piece, but so yep. I put that up there and usually because it is 12 inches in depth, a minimum of 10 to 12 inches in depth, I usually leave those pieces at 12 because I buy 12 by like 12 inches wide by 12 foot long mm -hmm. are the pieces that I buy. And so I use that as my end cap. Well, that gives you a nice lip up over the top of the bars. And then your bars are cut out of the same three quarter inch lumber. If you're building it all out of that material. So you end up with this nice lip where if you put a lid on it, the side panels actually hold the lid up to give you that nice big clearance of airspace between the bars and the top of the lid. Well, <laughs> when you do the 12 or the two inch thick lumber, and you use all that same dimensions, you lose all of that extra space. And so yep. by the time, cause your bars are twice the thickness mm -hmm. and your hive dimensions are a little off. So your end cap actually ends up only being like two inches, which is the same as the bar. And so then it's flush. Your end caps are flush right across the top of the mm -hmm. bars. So then I had to build lids that actually had uh, more of a drop down on the sides to give them that height. <laughs> But if you do also like lesson Natalie's version, they don't even build a lid. They just take the corrugated metal and bow it and then ratchet strap or bungee strap it down so that it's bowed over the top of the hive to create a lid that comes up and gives you that airflow again. So there's ways around it. And that's Anyhow. what all mine are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So off, off, that was off the subject. But so you have options mm -hmm. to go through and do your split into. So now you just got to do the split. Yep, we're gonna do that probably Tuesday. Yep, and we, we just talked open about up the other. Mm -hmm. Well, I was gonna say we we just talked about this in the main episode doing doing the splits and the shakes and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So, mm -hmm. and we've talked about it in season two in depth. So I'm mm -hmm. assuming between you and Max, you guys know what you're doing when you do the split. You know what to look for and what oh, to yeah. take. We just yeah, we'll pull out the uh, yeah that that colony has a bunch of resources still in there. Uh, in fact, that was the one that had, uh, got a lot of, uh, uh, moth, uh, moth damage in it. Remember the wax moths that had the greater the wax moth. Yeah. You broke a bunch of the comb off. 
Yep. So I have that cone and I put it in the freezer so I can do some rescue bars with that, put that cone back in there to give them extra comb. And so, and then they can make their own too. So we can put a couple of uh, bars of brood and some resources in there and it won't hurt that other colony. And I figured just set, uh, set them side by side and then we just do what we I, do. I would move them. I wouldn't put them side by side. Well, well, okay, move them a little ways away from each other. Yeah. I mean, your foragers, okay. know because they're right there in the same area. Your foragers are yeah. going to go back to that original colony. But the okay. the other thing, though, is in this instance, you definitely want to overcompensate shaking bees into the other colony. Yeah. Because, again, all your foragers are going to go back to that other colony, and there's a ton of mm -hmm. bees inside there. But oh, you guys yeah, have to do this first thing in the morning. This can't be a yep. 10 o'clock or a noon or oh, a three yeah. o'clock. It has to yeah. be a, like 8 a.m. Or yeah. you do it on one of these upcoming days next week. We do have some days where it's going to be in the 70s. 70s. So you yep. could do it on one of those days. But the reason I say that is because you have to shake bees off of these bars. Mm -hmm. And if you do it when it's 90 degrees, the entire comb is going to come off that bar when you shake it. Uh, that's why we quit, uh, the other day. Cause it was, we were working on Thursday and it was 98 degrees and one of the I know. broke. So he, I know. the very first thing Max sent me that photo. And the first thing I responded with was, I really hope you're not working those bees right now at three o'clock in the afternoon yeah, when it's 90 degrees yeah. outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Top bars should always be managed on cool days or first thing in the morning, the earlier, the better, yep. like the sun's coming up yep. and you're awake, get out there and do it because the bars have had, or the comb and bars both have had all night to cool down as cool as they're mm -hmm. going to get before you go out there and mess with them. Otherwise yeah, the heat of the day, man, that wax is super pliable and very soft yep. from all that excess heat. And it's heavy depending on what's in it. <laughs> It'll break. It was heavy. Uh, yeah, we, uh, broke that off. I had some rescue bars. We stuck it back on, put it back in. So hopefully they'll attach it better. Hopefully so. I hope so. So you're going to end yeah, up we'll with another top Tuesday. bar. Yeah. You'll have, you'll have a bigger top bar. Yep. And then uh, also the other, we didn't open the other, other colony up cause he broke the combs. We didn't even open the other colony up. So we'll that'll be your, them all up. Yeah, that'll be your next thing. So you go out there. Yeah. First thing you'll do is do your split. The second thing you'll do is check your other colony. Mm -hmm. So on the other one, you should try to implement some of the, if they, if they don't already like, cause you haven't looked at it, you don't know. They may yeah. already be well down the road of attempting to swarm or they may have already swarmed, but assuming you look in there and they haven't started any preparations yet, you should try to implement some of the tech, the techniques of giving them some empty space. So yep. you have two or three bars at the very beginning, then you put in an empty bar and then two or three more bars and then an empty bar and allow them to focus on that. If they've got brand new comb, they're drawing at the very back and it's still very small, pull it up and move it up and put it up there where you would have put one of those empty bars. And that way you've got the barrier on either side of them. So they'll draw that comb straight and, but it's still a void and it's new comb so they'll continue building that new comb in that void. So those are ways that you can do that. Rotate some of those newer comb that are tiny up towards the mm -hmm. front and kind of disperse them throughout the brood nest um, or mm -hmm. put some empty bars every three to four bars so that they'll draw some new wax. Because if you can keep them focused on drawing new wax, 
they're utilizing all that excess sugar to make wax instead of to make royal jelly. And that'll help lower that swarm urge a little bit. So what I need to do is put the, put the honey up against where they're coming in up to the front and then put uh, the, the empty comb to the back and put some empty bars in there too. That'll hopefully help well, that, on that so one. What you're saying is you haven't looked at this top bar at all this year. <laughs> no, we have not looked at it. That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that would be in line with, uh, with Natalie's natural beekeeping approach. Yeah, that's a, exactly. Max, he's, he's, <laughs> limited. Max, he's watching that. He's limited intrusions. That. Um, yeah. Although, I mean, she did say like every three weeks, she didn't say every three months. That's a big difference. Um, so on my top bars, I've already done that manipulation. I did that, you know, long ago coming out of winter, yeah. I went and I took the the solid honey that was at the back of the hive or the middle of the hive and moved it up to the very front where the entrance was, then had my brood, then had my empty comb. So mm -hmm. anybody that followed that method, if you go into it now and you're wanting to expand that space out at the end where the empty comb is, that's where they're going to be drawing new comb. So you take one from there of new tiny comb, move it up into the brood nest. If there's not any new tiny comb, you can take the empty comb, if it's empty comb that's a worker cell, and you can move it up into the brood nest because that gives her immediate spaces delay where she can continue growing. Uh, or you take an empty bar and you put it up into the brood nest. And again, three or four bars need to be between there. Don't go every other one. That gets drastic. You want to do one empty, then three to four actual regular brood and whatever, then another empty mm -hmm. Kind of set it okay. up that way. Okay. There you go. You know, but put the honey up to the front and then brood, empty bar, three or four frames of brood, empty bar, and then empty empty comb, and then empty bars, the rest of it. Yeah. Depending on what you find okay. in there. I mean, you you yeah. may not have any empty comb. You it, it, There's no telling. There may not be any honey, you know. Yeah. It, no, it's, they've a had a lot of time no, to do lots of stuff. Up. Yeah. Yeah. They might have eat it up, but they had a bunch. Dang that bunch! Both those top bars had a bunch of honey in them. I couldn't believe it. So you you haven't said anything, so I'm going to guess the answer is no. But you guys have not caught any swarms in any of the swarm traps you've put up yet, right? Not yet. No, we got 17 traps up, but uh, we haven't caught any then. Not yet. Nope. Okay. I haven't gone and checked mine, so I don't know, but um. I have not seen any swarms at the swarm traps here in town. Anyway, I see those more frequently, uh, but out at the farm, I haven't, haven't went out there and looked, I still need to get out to the back part of the apiary. Um, now that it has been nice and dry for a while, I have the opportunity to do so, but I need to get out there and, and finish management uh, and get things done. So that'll probably be a project for right now. Yep. Now, another thing, uh, we should have done this a long time ago and we didn't, uh, in fact, I talked about it and, uh, Max never, he, he just got busy and we couldn't do it, but checking for mites with the mite, uh, the quick check, if we have mites in our Langstroms, and if it's a brood box, some of them are brood box with a medium on top. It's got a little honey in them. We're going to put a, put the mite away quick strips above the brood then underneath the middle box right or if it's got brood in the middle box we put it up at the top right. then we're going to put a empty box above that 
so they have a place to go and get away from everything, right? On the very top of whatever you've got, yeah. you give yeah. them an empty box just so they have some extra space. You open just the entrance em- up all the way, or if it's got a screened bottom, you open that up because you okay. want as much ventilation to go through there as possible. Um, okay. If you're going to use the formic acid or you know any form of the formic acid, um, that is the the method to do that. Yes. Now, okay. if you're doing the natural approach to things, then mm-hmm. depending on the situation, um, you know that's not an option. You're going to have to look at trying a brood break, or maybe if it's really really bad, you requeen that colony and get rid of that queen because her genetics are obviously not you know not doing well. Um, yep. Oh, we're just going to do the Farmic Pro. That's what we got. So we're going to put that on there. Well, and those, those cool days coming up will help out tremendously then, because yep. as a reminder exactly. to everybody, that one does have very specific temperature constraints and you want to yep. make sure that you are adhering to those. So no temperatures above 80, it says above 85 degrees is the actual mm-hmm. instructions. For the first three days of the treatment is the most crucial because that's when the the treatment really happens. I always try to hedge my bets and I try to do it when it's not going to be above 80 at all. And luckily here, you know, for us in Central Texas, that means that your only time to do this is February, March and the first part of April. And then after that, it's too late. Every day is 85 degrees or more. And we've already had, you know, like we were talking about in the main segment, we've already had upper 90s for several yep. days here. So last week. once that happens, then you're stuck and you can't do formic until the late fall. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, late fall, like November. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so yeah, um, this is the opportunity. You've got some days coming up where it is going to be cooler yep. and it's going to be in the seventies for, you know, five, six, seven days. So that's the time to do it. That's when we're going to do it. The Norther blows in, then it's seventies not getting into the 80s, uh, low 80s till Tuesday or Wednesday of the following week. So we're in good shape. We're going we're gonna to have easy three to five days. So we can, we're going to be in the 70s. So we're Perfect. in good shape. Well, yeah, sir. I should have done it a long time ago, but oh well. <laughs> okay, so the the main thing here is, and this mm-hmm. is this is a big one for you, you have to get the confidence level to be self-sufficient because mm-hmm. you can't rely on others for certain aspects of beekeeping. Some things have to be done at a certain time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> my trouble is my trouble is finding the Queens and Max. That's why I take him with his eyes. He can find the Queens. He's like, you can find it. Just, Oh, there it is. And I'll say, Oh, there's a queen. No, dad, that's a drone. Well, <laughs> see okay. them big old eyes they have. That's yeah, not a queen. I know. <laughs> so, uh, no, well, there's a queen. No, dad, that was a winter bee. Okay. <laughs> oh, gracious. Well, this, this should give you plenty of information to go through and, and hopefully get your splits accomplished. So I would go out there, yep. pick out whichever hive you're going to do, go get it set up set it up somewhere within walking distance where you can easily get to it because the easiest thing to do is to pick up the bar, walk over, set it in the other one, pick up the bar, walk over, set it in the other one, pick up the bar, walk over, shake it into the other one, carry the bar back, you know, 
and and yeah. have your extra bars. Take your extra bars because you will need to replace any that you take out. So, yeah. yep, yep. And then go get her done. We'll send you pictures. I imagine. Perfect. We'll post Check them. It out. Okay. <laughs> All right, sir. Well, I think we'll call this one good. Everybody out there, thank you for tuning in here on Patreon. Thank you for supporting us and being members and and very close knit members of the family. There, we really appreciate that. And mm-hmm. we'll be back talking to everybody on Monday. So, hey, family, y'all be good, be safe. No, we'll see y'all. Same. <laughs> well, I was going to end it up like I do my radio show. Same, same bat, bat channel, same bat place, bat place. <laughs> <laughs> same bat time. <laughs> be good. All right, bye bye. This Hive Jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you, and we appreciate your support. To all our Hive Jive junkies out there. You truly are the bee's knees.